Thanks for being here, Jim. We really appreciate it. I'm um, happy to do it. Thanks yeah. for interviewing me. Absolutely. Um, let's start just at the very beginning. Can you talk about where you were born and um, your family and some of your early childhood musical experiences? Sure. Um, I was born in Jefferson City, Missouri. My father had been a high school uh, band and choral director for a number of years in South Central Missouri where he grew up. And uh, he took a job at the uh, state level as the first secretary, state music secretary for the Southern Baptist Convention for the state of Missouri. And uh, it was when they were first organizing a national church music department. He found that he didn't like administrative work as much as he liked working with people. So he took a job in South Carolina at the largest church in the state. And so when I was a year and a half old, we moved to Columbia, South Carolina. And I found myself singing in the choir when I was four years old, so, and been singing ever since. Um, what about, uh, what kind of music did you listen to as a child? Well, I, you know, by osmosis, I listened to what my parents had on the, on the stereo or in the car, mostly, probably, was, was where most of the casual listening happened, and, and, uh, at the time, there was no FM radio, and I'm that old, and, uh, <laughs> So, middle of the road radio was Nat Cole and Peggy Lee and, and Ella and Sarah and Tony Bennett and Perry Como and folks like that. And, and so, I think I, I got exposed to the Great American Songbook without ever realizing it until I actually started playing this music in college and realized I knew all the songs. <laughs> mm -hmm. Um, was there a particular song from this point in your life that you remember distinctly? You know, not, not so much one over the other. I mean, there were certainly silly songs of the day, like Mersey Dotes and Dozy Dotes, you know, that, and uh, things like that that played on the radio as well. But, but uh, I remember the artists and the voices as, as much as I remember the songs. But, but uh, I think I just uh, by being in that environment uh, gained an appreciation for good melody and, and, and uh, well-written lyrics and, and so forth. Mm -hmm. And I remember you talking about how um, hearing these songs on the radio prepared you for playing gigs in high school on the bass as well. Well, not so much high school because I didn't really play gigs until uh, I got to college. Uh, I bought a bass in high school because, yet again, uh, the church where I was... Uh, singing mostly, uh, started doing folk musicals in, in the 60s, in the late 60s. And uh, so the church organist's husband owned a K bass, you know, an old plywood bass, and he brought it in, and I found I was mashing notes trying to figure out where one, four, and five were, as we say, the simple chords of, of, of the folk music arrangements. And uh, and I enjoyed that. And then in high school, my senior year, I actually bought a bass. I think we had a sort of a makeshift group in high school that played, uh, you know, sitting on the dock of the bay and some old songs like that from, from pop music. But I wasn't very good at, at any of it. Uh, then I got to college and my uh, choir director, I started as a classical voice major. My choir director was a Hungarian who had studied with Zoltan Kadai. Hmm. And Kadai was, uh, you may know, was a wonderful composer. He was also a, a historian and uh, 
and quite an educator, and he devised us a set of hand signals for the solfege syllables. And so I was learning to sing by recognizing scale degrees in, in the, in the uh, major scale of, of the solfege, and uh, at the same time that I was starting to play jazz on the bass, the uh, grad assistant with that same choir who had come out of the Air Force uh, was a saxophone player, but he also played piano and he played bass and he was a good arranger. And so he took me in a practice room and quite literally said, play on every beat and after a while you'll get the right notes. You know. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, that's where I started learning to walk uh, a, a jazz bass, walking bass line and... and, uh, and hearing the, the the chord changes go by, as we say. And uh, and that summer, we got a little gig at the Romata Inn, and uh, this this grad assistant and myself and a student drummer, and we made $100 for the trio for two nights. And it lasted two months, and then we got canned. <laughs> so welcome to the music business. <laughs> Well, yeah. going back to the uh, Great American Songbook, you had mentioned These Foolish Things as one of mm -hmm. your favorite standards that you used to hear on the radio. So I think we're going to bring up Joe Davidian on piano and Josh Hunt, and yeah. um, Jim's going to perform These <laughs> Foolish Things for us right now. Yeah, this is a great old standard. Thanks, I tend to look for songs that that have uh, interesting lyrics and word paintings, you know. And, and this is one of them. Thanks. Oh, will you never let me be? Oh, will you never set me free? The ties that bound us will be around us there's nothing left that I can see But still these little things remain That bring me happiness or pain A cigarette that bears a lipstick's traces An airline ticket To romantic places And still my heart has wings These foolish things Remind me of you A tinkling piano In the next apartment Those stumbling words That told you what my heart meant A fairgrounds painted swing These foolish things remind me of you You came 
When you did that to me I knew somehow That this had to be Those winds of March That make my heart a dancer A telephone that rings But who's to answer Oh, how that ghost of you clings These foolish things Remind me Of you Thank you. Thank you. 